0: What's good, everybody? Happy Friday. It's your host, Dexter Henry, rocking with you on the NBA Exchange. Thank you for joining us once again, live and direct on Backpack Broadcasting Facebook page, YouTube channel, the NBA Exchange Twitter handle. You know how to watch us on demand on the podcasting, all streaming platforms. The NBA Exchange is on. It's been an eventful week. There's been some beef, the Ben Simmons dra- drama continues in Philadelphia. We'll have some updates on that a little bit later. But we're going to talk about some action last night. The other day we talked about the Los Angeles Clippers. They had made it five wins in a row. They made it six wins in a row over the Miami Heat. Really nice win, again, for the Clippers. They're starting to get things rolling. And they just haven't beat Patsy's. They beat some good competition. The Heat coming in a little banged up. Jimmy Butler not out. But Paul George looking good once again. But my thing with the... Los Angeles Clippers right now has been the play of their role players. Paul George, we know what he can do. He scored 27 points. Reggie Jackson had all 22 of his points in the second half. They also got good contributions from Eric Bledsoe, who's really not been good this year. Ivaka Zubak, 18 points, 21 boards. This was a game where we saw Bam Adebayo drop 24 in the first half. Kyle Lowry making some great shots down the stretch. Bit of a back and forth with him, Paul George, and others going down the stretch but the Clippers pulled out a win and this is a team you got to think about how they're building confidence right now we saw what they did in the playoff run to the Western Conference Finals last year doing a lot of that without Kawhi Leonard I think that has given their role players a ton of confidence we're seeing that once again on the other hand the Miami Heat they've been struggling for a little bit Duncan Robinson once again did not shoot well in this contest That's something I have concerns about with the Heat. They haven't got good shooting out of Duncan Robinson. Although, the one thing you should be encouraged if you're a Heat fan, Bam Adebayo stepped up. Had 24 points in the first half. Only six in the second half. 24 is 30 in the first half. Lowry looked good when he had to step up. Tyler Hero continues to look fantastic in the six-man role. So they showed they had a lot of fight without Jimmy Butler. So two close losses for the uh, Miami Heat. Well, actually three. Not one was really close, but three in a row. They've lost three in a row, four out of five now. So, he'd have come back down to earth a little bit. They're seven and five after such a good start. There has been some injuries. There's some concern. Again, we are still in this territory, guys. Small sample size theater. Can't overreact. That's not what you want to do. It's still 12, 13 games for most teams. Look at the Clippers, conversely, on the other hand. They started off one and four. Now they've won six in a row. They're 7-4. Things can change really quickly at this point in the NBA. We still don't know what a lot of teams are. We still probably have about, you know, anywhere from 8 to 12, 13 more games to really have a feel of where teams are and where people sit in the league. Now, there's some teams we know where they are. The Rockets, trash. Pelicans right now, trash. We kind of know where they are as far as those things go to Magic. You, you understand that. But the other teams, there's a lot of bunching in the middle. Both of these confidence, a lot of teams tied up. So it'll be interesting to see. But I keep saying, keep your eye on the Clippers. Can't say the Clips going clip anymore. Kind of have to get rid of that. These, this is a team with confidence. I think the identity has changed under Tyrone Liu. I don't think he gets enough credit for the job he's done as a head coach. I think a lot of people always said, oh, well, LeBron won those championship, that championship in Cleveland. Not giving Ty Liu enough credit. He's coming here. He's changed the culture. Paul George looks like he's playing freer and better. He's leading this team, probably your best 1A option in the league. So watch out for the Clippers, six in a row. They're playing really well, especially at home where they've won five of seven. So look out for the Clippers. Don't get too down on the heat. Got some injuries. Think when they get Jimmy Butler back. Hopefully Duncan Robinson starts shooting better again after this road trip. Things will look better for them. Now, the other day when Gerard was on, we talked about physicality in the NBA, particularly surrounding the beef. I have air quotes if you're not watching this. The beef that we saw from Nikola Jokic and Markeith Morris. Well, last night. ooh, Another little skirmish once again between Rudy Gobert and Miles Turner. Okay. This was this was one, you know. It wasn't really a skirmish. It wasn't really a scuffle. They got tangled up, and then both guys were hugging. I don't know what to call this, because we can't call everything a fight, okay, guys? Like, we can't do that. We don't have to call everything a fight, because everything is not actually a fight. There were two guys that grabbed each other. You can see it right there in the video we have. They were hugged up. After the game, there was some talk. Rudy Gobert said he didn't want to throw a punch or anything because he didn't want to get suspended or, you know, put his team in, in trouble, which is the smart. Cool thing to do. And Rudy Gobert basically said if somebody wants to fight, they know how to reach me. They got WhatsApp, Facebook, Twitter, whatever. They know how to get at him. Tough talk from the Eiffel Tower, Stifle Tower, I should say. But, you know, I wonder because of the way we're seeing fouls called and a lot of players complaining about the lack of foul calls or players, excuse me, referees letting things go on too long, that, you know, maybe this is why we're going to see more things like this. This is going to continue. Now, I love some good intensity, and I don't even mind all this. I love some good intensity. You just have to worry when it gets too heated or things start to spill over and things like that happen. With all that being said, the Pacers got an upset on the road. They beat the Jazz, handing the Jazz their first home loss. So it was a good win for the Pacers. They've been struggling. They were off to a 4-8 and eight start. Uh, right now, they improved to 5-8. and eight, So that's a good win for the Pacers on the road. Brogdon was really good in this game. Season-high 30 points, also grabbed nine boards. Despite not shooting that well, Pacers got a great job from T.J. McConnell, who also contributed. He always seems to find a way to contribute. 21 points, eight rebounds, five assists off the bench. Miles Turner, another good game. So the Pacers, they've been trying to get back in it. They've been really shaky through the start of the season. We know what the Jazz are. As I said the other day, when it comes down to the Jazz, it's all about one thing with that team. What are you going to do for me in the postseason? We've seen a lot of this stuff in the regular season. I don't think too many Jazz fans are tripping out over their first home loss to the Pacers, the little brouhaha between Gobert and Turner. It's whatever. But I think for the Pacers, obviously a good road win. They're trying to claw their way back into the standings up in the Eastern Conference, get themselves around and in that playing situation. So kudos to them. That is a good road win. Now, news that came out last night from Sham Sharania, surrounding Ben Simmons and the Philadelphia 76ers, guys. Ben Simmons feels that the 76ers want to force him to play. And the team also had their response to this. Now, a lot of the quotes that Shams had in this came directly from Simmons' agent, Rich Paul, of Clutch Sports. And so, this I'm going to read you guys some quotes that I thought were interesting from this story. So, Ben Simmons believes the 76ers' recent actions are exasperating his mental health issues. Which, if you're just coming into this, Simmons says he doesn't feel like he's mentally ready to play for the team, right? We also know all the drama before, if you don't know, that Ben Simmons has wanted a trade to get out of Philadelphia. And before I get into the quotes, I think one of the things I've wanted to take a look at around this is, and I think we have to look at this with some diligence, is... We know Ben Simmons has wanted out. That's been out there. We got that. We all understand this. I think the tricky thing is where this mental health issue has come in. And some people are going to wonder, because of the tactics we've seen already used by Ben Simmons in his camp, is, using the, is he and his camp using the mental health issue as a ploy? And I do not know this. I'm not saying that they are. But there is a suspicion out there that they could be. And I think what's dangerous with that is obviously there are people with mental health issues in all professions, not just basketball, who sometimes struggle with being able to work. And that should be absolutely 100 percent positively taken serious. There's no doubt about that. You know, and I think if the Sixers or the NBA are doing their due diligence to help Simmons, then I think that is a good thing. I just hope as a basketball fan as a journalist, that that isn't the case, that this is being taken advantage or used as a ploy. If Ben Simmons really needs help mentally, then I think he should get that help, and I hope that his employer in the Sixers can stand by him and support that. Now, back to the quotes, right? Rich Paul said this, he truly believes the fines, the targeting, the negative publicity shined on the issue that's very unnecessary, and it's further the mental health issues for Ben. Either you help Ben, or come out and say he's lying. Which one is it? Now, Sixers haven't come out and said that at all whatsoever. There has been reports, and people have reported this, that they are a bit frustrated with the situation. And we even talked about this when we had Keith Pompey, Sixers beat writer, on the show. 76ers team official told The Athletic on Thursday it's, quote, absolutely not the case that they are forcing his return or accusing him of lying. Now, there was another quote from Rich Paul in this story that I thought was interesting and in a Pretty interesting point about Paul. But Paul also said that Simmons is definitely not ready to play. Said he's not there yet. How can a doctor who's only met with Ben once, talking about the team doctor uh, and psychiatrist that was supposed to be seeing with Ben Simmons. Ben is mentally ready to play. So do we keep digging on him or help him? Now that we understand that the reluctance from Ben, it all makes sense. There was a shying away from it. Ben has repeatedly showed behavior that entails, he isn't mentally ready to play. Embrace him. Support him. We have to move our ego from it. We all have to take responsibility. And Again, if this is truly a mental health issue, yes, I agree with that. We all do have to take responsibility. Now, one of the more interesting things that Rich Paul said was he drew a comparison or contrast, I should actually say, between the situation with Ben Simmons and that of Houston Rockets guard John Wall. Remember, guys, Houston Rockets guard John Wall is sitting out right now and is being paid by the team While they are waiting to work on a situation whether they can trade him, release him, or whatever. Which actually is another Rich Paul client, right? So, this is also interesting. Rich Paul said this. John Wall, that is, is able to play, but Houston is okay with using the collective bargaining agreement to pay him not to play. So, which way is it? John is perfectly healthy and ready to play, and it's okay in the CBA. We are being professional with both instances, but how can it go both ways? John and the Rockets have been professional about their situation. We're also expecting the same with the 76ers. Look, I think Paul makes a pretty good point. Even though I know John Wall's probably sitting there like, yo, man, like, y'all ain't got to mess. Don't don't mess up with my money. I'm just sitting over here being cool. Please don't, don't mess up with, with my money at all. Like, we don't need this. But here's the thing it makes a point john wall's mentally ready to play he just doesn't want to play for a team that is rebuilding right now and he's being paid we've seen all the fine stuff with the sixers and how that's playing out and threatening to find ben simmons or hold his money i think paul makes a good point somebody in the sixers needs to answer for that i don't know whether it's Daryl Morey. i don't know what it is my point still stands on this ben simmons needs to help if he truly needs to the help then this is what needs to happen. We need to take this seriously. We just hope that's truly the situation. And truthfully, just as a fan and just humanly, human, just human to human, I just hope Ben Simmons is getting the help that he needs. But there'll be more on this. There'll be more to come out. Seems like something new is coming out every week. Alright, I see some of you guys in the comments. I appreciate y'all tuning in and watching with us live. I didn't even tease this at the top. But in a couple minutes coming up, we are going to have One of the content creators that I really respect here, C.P. the franchise, Casey Powell from Knicks Fan TV, he will be joining us. We're going to talk about the creation of Knicks Fan TV. We're going to talk about the New York Knicks, what's going on with them and some of their struggles recently, some fans ready to jump off the Brooklyn Bridge, whatever, I'm people got to calm it down a little bit. We're going to talk about all that. That is all coming up soon in a few minutes. I see you guys in the chat. Robert Fusick, what's up, man? See you. Uh, Thank you. Thank you for joining and and supporting us. Remember, if you like content like this show, the NBA Exchange, look in the comments. If you're watching on YouTube or Facebook or wherever you're watching on Twitter, it doesn't matter. Look there. Uh, We have a donation that you can make through Patreon. We appreciate any support that you can give. So we're going to take a really quick break when we come back. We're going to have CP, the franchise, from TV. We're going to talk a little bit of Knicks basketball when we come back here on NBA Exchange. Some are always looking for more sports content, and among the glut of sports media, some are looking for sports content that dives a bit deeper and doesn't just stick to sports. So check out Backpack Broadcasting's original long-form sports journalism series, Sideline Stories. The award-winning original series takes viewers directly into underrepresented communities within the world of sports. It's a series that goes beyond traditional sports reporting, like box scores and statistics, presenting exclusive stories that you won't find anywhere else. With a diverse group of correspondents, the series provides interviews and interesting stories around the world of sports, because there is so much beyond the game, and so much that occurs off the field or court that impacts each of us and the world we live in. Giving a voice to athletes, coaches, fans, and everyone involved in athletics, Sideline Stories looks to push sports storytelling further than ever before. It's a winner of the 2020 Independent Shorts Awards, and all episodes of Sideline Stories are available for viewing today on Backpack Broadcasting's YouTube channel and Facebook page. The Sports Walk is Back. Watch Season 4 of Backpack Broadcasting's original award-winning web series that brings you the opinions of real sports fans in these streets. Literally in these streets. The first three seasons and current season with new episodes every Monday are available now on the Backpack Broadcasting YouTube channel. Check out the 2017 NYC WebFest official selection and see what other sports fans have to say on the hottest issues in sports today. It's easy, y'all. Just take the sports walk. We're all adjusting to this new climate together. We're doing things a little bit differently because the world is different since the last time we did a podcast. And we are still bringing you the podcast you love while living that quarantine life. Use deodorant every day or no? Yes. During the quarantine? Hell yeah! still discussions of sports, music, and pop culture in a pod where it ain't hard to tell who keeps it real. Don't say that you don't see race. Whenever you say you don't see race, it just shows me how privileged you are in a situation that you don't ever have to think about race.
1: No, Look at the words I'm using, perhaps, possibly, maybe. Is it the smartest thing? Probably not. Is it too soon? I would say so. I
0: went through so many things being short and just people would always underestimate me and always tell me like, you're not going to make it. You're not good enough.
1: I know. Max, come on, son. We
0: just talked about this. Whether you listen or watch, stay home, be safe, and subscribe to the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast on YouTube or your favorite audio streaming platforms today. helps Backpack Broadcasting create more of the original content that you love. Visit Backpack Broadcasting's Patreon page and become a Patron today. Glad to have you joining with us on another edition of the NBA Exchange. As I told you guys, we got a special guest today. I'm really excited that he is able to join the show um I've been a fan of his work for such a long time. CP Casey Powell, the franchise, joining us from Knicks Fans TV. CP, what's up, bro? How you doing, man?
1: Dexter, Dexter. Good morning, man. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me on.
0: Thank you, man. One of the things I gotta tell you that I love, man, is your background is dope. I love it. I love the background. I love the the posters, the Knicks memorabilia. I had the Starks poster right you got in the back on my wall growing up. You know, as a kid in East Flatbush, Brooklyn, rooting for the Knicks. So I appreciate it, bro. Really appreciate you coming on here. Look. Got a lot of Knicks fans that watch this show, a lot of Knicks fans that follow, that are passionate about the Knicks. You know this because you started Knicks Fan TV. So I wanted to kick this off by talking to you about how you started Knicks Fan TV, why you started it, and what that connection with the fans has been for you.
1: Yeah, so uh, at, at, like you, a diehard Knicks fan, uh, born in Flatbush, uh, Brooklyn hey. Hospital. You know what I'm saying? Me used, too. You should to, right. to go to the Junction and go get the new kicks. You know, all wrapped up in the plastic, and yes, then sir. you know, go to the bakery, maybe a little Roy Rogers for lunch. So definitely <laughs> uh, had the Brooklyn experience as a youth. So I, I could share that with you. But you know, the, the reason I started Knicks Fan TV was to really give the fans more of a voice on the team and more coverage of the team that was. Uh, that wasn't present, whether it was mainstream media or the local media outlets. You know, I always say uh, I grew up as as a Mike and the Mad Dog kid, used to listen to them banter back and forth. And that really started, you know, that really was the basis of of my passion for New York sports. And I, I just knew that, you know, we needed something for the digital age, something that fans, not just New Yorkers, but transplants, people that have moved away, people that have gone down the beltway, whether it was uh, DC, North Carolina, Miami, we even have fans all over the world that, you know, want us to speak more on their team that just may not have that opportunity wherever they are. At the same time, you know, the team has gone through some, some tough years, you know, to say the least over the last 20 years. So mainstream media and the local outlets, they, they don't really have the time or the interest to cover the team as uh, as in-depth as I wanted to. So I figured that there was a white space there. Uh, I capitalized on it. And, and the first day of Knicks Fan TV, uh, I went out to the garden with just my cell phone and a tripod and just started interviewing fans. During, that was during the NBA draft 2017 when we drafted Frank Nilekina, there was also rumors that Christoph Porzingis was going to be traded. So there was a lot to talk about, a lot of buzz around uh, around New York City and Madison Square Garden. And yeah, I, I just I captured the sentiments, threw it up on YouTube. But ultimately, the content has evolved into, you know, the postgame show. Our flagship show is, is postgame live. Uh, we take fan phone calls. We take opinions on social media and, and it's been growing steadily ever since.
0: Yeah, and I've been happy for that growth and that success, man, to see that as a fellow content creator myself. And also people should know you've been featured on ESPN. You are you do stuff on s with my SNY guys, well, Chris, yeah. Chris Williamson and Ian Begley. My boys there, you do stuff there and doing a great job. But I got to ask you this too, as a fellow content creator, uh, yeah. CP, you know that there's challenges in creating content. And you said you started from being out in the street, outside the garden, cell phone, tripod, getting it done, and now it's evolved into what it is. What were some of the challenges you faced in content creation for Knicks fan TV and getting it to where
1: it is now? Well, the biggest challenge to me was, you know, determining whether or not there, there was a fit for it determine whether or not your voice was actually going to be appreciated or your platform was going to be appreciated and when you first started out you're not going to know because you might have one viewer two viewers you might have no viewers some days but with consistency you continue to learn and and as you learn you you iterate and you know as you mentioned my background it wasn't always like this I started out with one poster and you no know, right. posters and over time you just build up and, and you continue to iterate, so uh, the, the biggest challenge was 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 really proving that that there was a place for this and there was a fit for it. But um, the fan base has taken to it, man, and, and I've been appreciative ever since. So one of the
0: things you talked about is you talked about
1: doing this and starting this during the sort of lean years of the Knicks, where
0: you know things weren't so great. But last year was a really big season for the Knicks, and I don't know about you, I don't think many of us saw it coming in the way that it was, but. You know, the 2021 season was so huge. Did you see that impact also translate to what you do on Knicks Fans TV, increased viewership, increased fan engagement? Did that help you guys as well, too?
1: No doubt about it. And another challenge is, as I said, we, we do these postgame shows after every game. Now, one of the seasons was a 17-win season. So you do the math. There was a hell of a lot of losses in between that. And and it's every night we're going live. We're taking the sentiments of the fan base. And, and it's like a funeral every night. It's doom and gloom. It's we're going nowhere fast. But people are still into it. And, and they, they, they would call in and, and want to be heard. And, you know, um, the KD situation, the whole KD Kyrie hype train with Zion. You know, I thought that was really going to lift this thing up exponentially. And even when we didn't get him the fan base was still coming. The numbers were still climbing. The subscriber growth was still there going through the pandemic. Uh, another challenge because there was no content, you know, the season had ended abruptly in, in February. And so we had to scramble and figure out what we were going to do to get us through all the way to the next season. We ended up going nine months without basketball. So thankfully we were able to get uh, player, former players to come in and, and do storytelling. And, and that was really a hit for us. And then, as you said, Hiring Thibodeau going into last mm-hmm. season, where Vegas had us penciled in at about you know twenty something wins, it's about twenty wins. Yeah, 20 wins. Yeah. wins. Mm-hmm. Me myself, I had us in there at about twenty six wins. I wasn't expecting much, but you know Thibodeau, Julius, RJ, they took us all by surprise. And with that ride, Knicks Fan TV continued to grow. And, and as you said, uh, I got the opportunity to, to take on Max Kellerman. We, we shot the fair one on, on his show. And when I thought it was just going to be one show, it turned into a whole series that took me into the end of the NBA season through the finals and all. So it's just been a great opportunity. But certainly uh, the Knicks turning it around uh, certainly helped us.
0: Yeah. Bless- blessings on that, bro. And I have to ask you, because when you look at, you know, everything that you guys have done and you've, you've had the, the postgame show, you've been doing all this content, you've had some really good guests. Was there a great guest or interview that you loved for having with yeah. Knicks fans TV? Is there one that really stands out for you?
1: There's, there's a few, man. I got to say, I have to say, uh, Rashid Wallace was definitely one because you know, Sheed was never really a media guy. Yeah, so he wasn't. him accepting and accepting, you know, our request and coming on to me, that meant a lot because he was one of my favorite players. But number two, the fact that he trusted an upstart platform, you know, and we didn't give I didn't send him any questions, or anything ahead of time. He just came on and, and he gave us everything. He gave us an hour of his time. It was very candid. We got a lot of sound bites, a lot of quotables from that. So that meant a lot to me. And, and on top of that, he spoke about how much he wanted to play for the Knicks. You know, something that the fans didn't really know. A lot of fans see that he came during the Knicks tape year in 2012. But there was a time right before he went to the Pistons that he wanted to try to get to the Knicks and Isaiah was trying to get him to the Knicks and it just didn't work out that way. So Sheed was one. I have to say Derek Harper is, is another one, you know, Harper, yeah. one of my favorite Knicks of all time. I did meet him at, at the garden many moons ago and, and we talked about him coming on the show. It took a year for, for him to get on, but I stayed with it. And again, he gave me an hour of his time, was very candid and, and uh, you know, gave me a lot of compliments on the platform as well. So that one meant a lot. And then uh, just recently, John Starks. Ah, oh, my John man. That was my
0: that was my that was my guy. That was my
1: guy CP. Yeah, God. that was my guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I got to shout out to Dick Barnett Foundation. I was able to uh, to interview John Starks uh, last month or so, and, and that was good. And then Spike. Yes, yeah, yep. Spike. Also through the Dick Barnett Foundation, we were able to interview Spike at uh, at Clyde's Wine and Dine. So the, yeah, those those are the I would say the top four uh, on the list. Nice. So that,
0: that's a good four, man. That's definitely that's so a good four. four. Yeah. All right. Appreciate you talking about Knicks fan TV. We love everything you're doing there. Let's get into some Knicks basketball. Sure. Okay. You guys do the post game show. I'm always checking in on that. What is the pulse of Knicks fans right now? Because we know the play last couple of games, has been a little <laughs> bit shaky. What's the vibe you're getting from Knicks fans right now?
1: Well, the vibes in the beginning was a shout out my guy, JD Sportslog. It was all about the 50 burger, man. We have fans yep. jumping in. They they were uh, optimistic that this team was going to win 50 games, even 60 games at some point. But, you know, they they are seven and four. But this just, is, just goes to show you the difference between this year and last year. Last year, this team is seven and four. You're saying, hey. this is this is great right now this expectations the expectations are through the roof and now you're looking at them losing a couple games here getting blown out here and you're like well is this a team that can get past the first round can they beat the hawks the doubt starts to set in the 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 patience starts to wear thin so i think i think the optimism is still there but there is some some Debbie Downer, some doomers and gloomers that's calling it and saying, hey, I told you this team was fool's gold and we should be tanking and stuff like that. You're hearing those people here and there. But, listen, overall, I think the Knicks are in a, are in a good position. They have been struggling, and, and they just need to find their groove right now, still early through, through 11 games.
0: Yeah, so actually 12 games, seven to five. I think yeah, 75. Yeah, 75. We're trying to forget about that loss because they came back the other night and couldn't close it, but I, yeah. I get it. I, I get that. Do you think? It sounds to me that you don't think there's any cause for concern. I know there's been some cause with the starting unit not playing good. They didn't play good the other night. Tibbs stuck with the bench a lot in that game against Milwaukee. We've seen some shaky play. Fonier hasn't looked great. Kemba yeah. hasn't looked great in recent games. Is there cause for real concern about those things? Or are you saying like, look, we saw some good things from them when they had the 5-1 and one start. Let's stick the course.
1: Oh, there's definitely concern. I- I'll give you three. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, number one is defense. The defense right now, this team finished third in the league in defense. They, they were number one across many statistical categories last year. Uh, right now, they're, they're the fifth worst defense in the league. Uh, right now, they're just not crashing out on, onto the three-point shooters. Um, Fournier, Kemba. I don't think th- those guys are, are solid on-ball defenders. And once the, the the perimeter breaks down, once your perimeter coverage breaks down, it puts a lot of strain on your team defense. And they're just not connected there. Last year, they were very much in lockstep with each other. The communication was on point. Their rotations were crisp. You know, a lot of that had to do with the presence of Alfred Payton and Reggie Bullock. Some fans don't want to give him credit for that, but I think I have to based on what I'm seeing right now. So they've got to tighten that up offensively there is just it's inconsistent in terms of the chemistry and the flow and I expected that I expected that more more so than the severe defensive regression because it's going to take some time to for Kemba Walker in, in particular to figure out his balance in the lineup he and Julius Randle have to gain some chemistry kemba has got to figure out okay how often am I just going to dump it down to Julius and and when do I myself put some pressure on the defense so that I can play make for the rest of the guys on this unit, because we're missing a consistent playmaker in that unit. So those are those two things concern me. And then thirdly is the durability of our bigs. You know, mm-hmm. New Orleans Noel already came into the season banged up. He's out again, Mitchell Robinson, my guy to block ness monster. He's dealing with a hip flexor, you know, Todd Gibson. That's my guy, solid veteran Brooklyn stand up. He's doing his thing. But the durability of our bigs is is certainly uh, going to hurt our defense because, again, when things break down in the perimeter, you need to rely on your rim protection as well. And, you know, we we just don't know if we can count on those guys on a nightly basis. I'm going to ask this kind of tongue in cheek, CP.
0: Do the Knicks miss Alfred Payton at all?
1: Oh man, I don't.
0: <laughs> that's that's tough. That's tough. I know. I know it's tough.
1: <laughs> I don't. I don't. But I, I'll tell you the what. Fans think,
0: though, the fans don't. The we know fans don't. The fans certainly fans do though. not. And,
1: and, and they don't. You know, his mom's just chirping after the, the loss to the Hawks when they when he started. Uh, Derrick Rose. I wasn't feeling that at all. But mm-hmm. look, from I'll tell you what Tom Thibodeau liked about Peyton. Number one, he liked that. Peyton did put pressure on the rim. That's one thing he could do very well last year was that he could get to the rim at ease. He just couldn't finish well. So <laughs> defenses really weren't, weren't respecting those drives, but you know he, he was still able to make things happen there. On the other side of the ball, what Tibbs did like about him was that uh, he was switchable. He was a big 6'4 guard. You know, phys- he, he could play physical. He could play big. And with Kemba, you, you're not necessarily getting that. You know, Peyton wasn't necessarily a lockdown defender, but he's a way better defender for me on ball than Kemba Walker was. So there are some trade-offs there. There's certainly some trade-offs there, but uh, I don't miss them. Uh,
0: The starting lineup, they've been getting smoked. Uh, I I talked about that. I know you talked about the three concerns. Is that a big concern of yours with the starting lineup? And do you see Bibbs making any adjustments? Maybe not now, but maybe 10 games down the road, if we still see this continue for the Knicks, Do you see any changes to the starting lineup?
1: One of the worst starting lineups in the league right now, Dexter. They've been outscored by 64 points in 205 minutes. That is a league worst. The starting five is concerning. Uh, The energy overall is concerning. Again, Kemba, I'm still going to give him some time, but we just don't know from game to game what he's going to give us. To me, he's a bit too passive. You know, he's settling by just dumping it down to Julius and then forcing Julius now, the pressures on Julius to become more of a playmaker for the rest of the lineup. You know, Kemba has to be able to knock down shots because if he's not knocking down shots and he's not playing defense too well, he's a negative on both ends of the floor. He has to be more of our engine. Evan Forney, another guy, listen, he's, he, he was our big free agent ticket. And there's some games where he's just not being aggressive enough. He's got to step up. He's passing up on shots. You know, he's not drive, attacking the rim as, as much as he should. And so those guys have got to help Julius Randle from himself, because if not, you're going to be settling for a lot of isolation, a lot of holding the ball, a lot, a lot of stagnation on the offensive side of things, and that's just not going to help us. So the, the starting lineup is definitely a concern. Tibbs did say in his press conference yesterday that he's not necessarily looking for changes. I don't see him making major changes. You you may see um, some rotational minutes change uh, one way or the other, and you'll, you'll likely see guys like Derrick Rose or Emmanuel quickly closing games more if Kemba Walker doesn't have it. But I don't see any immediate changes to the starting lineup just yet.
0: I was going to ask you more about Kemba
1: Walker, but I think you've, you've belabored on him and his struggles enough there.
0: Who has impressed you on this team thus far this season? We've seen Obi look more comfortable than he has last year, Obi Toppin, that is. We've seen Emmanuel quickly come on as of late. But who's really impressed you this season with the way they played? Where are like, I like what's going on here.
1: Well, so considering the, the the rotations are pretty much the same, you know, you're just swapping out Kemba and Fournier for, for Peyton and Bullock. I got to go with with Obi. I have to go with Obi because the energy that he's bringing to this second unit and the confidence that he's bringing to this sec- in his second year is light and day from his rookie year. You could tell that the absence of a training camp, the absence of a summer league really impacted him last year. He was much more of a deer in the headlights for a good portion of his rookie season. They'd come on strong in the playoffs against the Hawks, but now you're seeing Obi making quick decisions. He's making a quick first step. Uh, off the pick and roll. He's making a quick attack to the basket, finishing 84% at the rim, which is great. Every time they get the rebound, it's Obi running. He's out in transition. He's out on the leak outs. A lot of times IQ and Rose are finding him for those alley-oops. So to me, it's the energy, it's the confidence and uh, that that Obi Top is bringing to me has been the most impressive. Definitely want to see his three-point shot. Come along! It hasn't been there like it was last year, uh, but Obi's definitely giving the second unit a lift.
0: I think the big thing around the Knicks, depending on what they do this year, CP is going to be okay. This has been a nice group. Forty-one wins last year. We'll see what they can do this year. But is it time to trade for a star? How do you feel about that? Is it time for the Knicks to make a move and add a, a bigger name or a guy? I don't know who that is exactly. Whether it's Cat, whether it's Damian Lillard. Yeah. What do you think about those options, and do you think it's time for the Knicks to look that way?
1: Uh, not yet. I think they need to stay patient. I, I think one of the most important things is going to be the the overall development of our young players, and that's RJ Barrett, Emmanuel Quickley, who's starting to come on strong, Obi Toppin, who we said is starting to come on strong. Let's see what Quentin Grimes can give us if he can, you know, get some rotational minutes there, help us on the defensive end and our three point shooting. We have to ultimately. Our, our younger players are going to be our ticket either towards building a, a winner or getting us those assets that we need can, that can ultimately take us over the hump. Right now, we're we're still in the position where if we wanted to go get that superstar player, we're going to have to part with the whole house, all of our young assets, all of our draft capital, and to me, it doesn't put us in any closer to being a championship contender. What we want to see is some of these guys being able to elevate this team where. You don't need to part with so many to go get a superstar down the road. Now, I think the Dame. I think the Dame. You know, window has passed. Chat, I'm I don't feel like there, There's a fifth here unless you're going to move Randall. You know, we'll see what happens with Levine. You know, Chicago's playing very well. I, I, I would have to think that he, that he stays there. But ideally, I'm looking down the road at a guy like a a Spider Mitchell. You know, guys like that, a Booker maybe down the road, you know, one of those second generation stars or, or that next window of superstars to come in. But for now, I think the Knicks just have to continue, they have a solid foundation, continue building on that and and uh make sure that their young players are developing as well.
0: So I'm with you on that. I'm with you on the they should stay patient, stay the course. There's no need to rush just the the window for dame, I agree, is out of there. Just mm-hmm. just stay patient with that's what the Knicks should do. But We'll see. We'll see. We'll see if they do that. Two more questions before we get you out of here, yeah. CP. Tonight, Hornets. We saw what happened with the Knicks the other night. They fall behind by 24. Slow starts have, have been a problem for them. You talked about the starting five. What are the keys to them bouncing back down into Queen City, getting yeah. a win against the Hornets tonight?
1: Again, number one, it's their Energy. And because it just wasn't there against this Milwaukee Bucks team, You, you cannot keep relying on your second unit to bring you back in game. So I'm expecting the starting unit to really turn things around from the jump from the opening tip, come out with a spark, come out with energy, make sure that their rotations, their three point rotations are crisp. Because, you know, guys like a Terry Rozier, you know, Gordon Hayward, you know, those are gunners and, they, and they're going to be waiting to unload if the Knicks are slowing their rotations. Miles Bridges also playing well out there. So Julius Randle is going to be tested uh, if he's got to match up with Bridges. So it's, it's got to start on the defensive end. Offensively, they've got to move the ball, move themselves. Do not let the ball stick too much. And then you know, hang in there in the game. We know our second unit is probably really the best in the league. If we keep though, that lead, you know, close or or um, take the lead, we can rely on our second unit to to help extend that or keep it, keep us in the game. So it, it to me, it starts on the on the on the starting unit on, on both ends of the floor, bringing more energy. No doubt about it.
0: No doubt about that. Got to bring more energy. Bringing energy has been the Knicks fans. That's for sure, CP. They brought the energy. So I got to ask you this because there's a lot of debate throughout the city. Mm -hmm. One, whose town is it? You know, you hear a lot of whether it's a Knicks town, whether it's a Nets town. And we're both from Brooklyn, so I think we know what the answer is and the energy is around that. But are the Knicks back? Do you feel, you know, you talked about the 17-win year when you guys started. You got the pulse of these fans, the Knicks fans TV. And shout out to the fans because they've been rocking with you in the chats and the comments. I see them. They're coming with you. I love that. It's beautiful. But are the Knicks back in terms of capturing the energy of the city around basketball? Oh,
1: no question. No question. Uh, The diehards have never left. Now you get, you know, the whole bing bong craze, all the casuals, all the youngsters are coming around now. So that that element is there and that's fine. But, you know, look at the back pages. Look at the back pages. There's nights where the Knicks don't even play. (laughs) <laughs> and the Nets are played and the Knicks are still the story on the back page. There's nights when both teams are playing and the Knicks get the whole back page. The Nets get like that little like corner angle, you know, little little sliver there in the back page. So it it's always gonna be a Knicks town. I feel like again, you know, there is a big buzz around this team, especially coming into this season based on what we did last year. But with those expectations, we tend to live in the micro where we're overanalyzing every game to determine what the ultimate future and the outlook is for this team and I think that's a bit dangerous you know we, we have to kind of pull back a little bit take a look at things in the micro before we you know just you know cast them off and say oh well then they're, they're not going to make it it's still a very early season but there's no doubt uh, this is a Knicks town and the fan base is, is still uh rallying around this team
0: I agree with you man early season I'm excited to see what the team can do and could grow hopefully the fans not going too crazy after the seven and five start we'll see what they can do tonight That is CP The franchise. Please follow him on Twitter. Follow Nick's TV. Support them. Support independent content creators, journalists like ourselves. CP, I really appreciate your time, man. I'd love to have you back on throughout the season. Some more to talk. And uh, just keep doing what you do, brother. I really love it.
1: Anytime, man. Thanks for having me on, Dexter. Have a good weekend. No,
0: No problem. You too, brother. Once again, that's CP The franchise. So gracious to give us some of his time here from Nick's Fans TV. We'll be back on the NBA Exchange. I'll give you my Friday night NBA picks when we come back on the NBA Exchange. We are all adjusting to this new climate together. and We're doing things a little bit differently because the world is different since the last time we did a podcast. And we are still bringing you the podcast you love while living that quarantine life.
1: Use deodorant every day or no? Yes. During
0: the quarantine? Hell yeah! Still discussions of sports, music, and pop culture in a pod where it ain't hard to tell who keeps it real. Don't say that you don't see race. Whenever you say you don't see race, it just shows me how privileged you are in a situation that you don't ever have to think about
1: race. No, Look at the words I'm using, perhaps, possibly, maybe. Is it the smartest thing? Probably not is it too soon i would say so i
0: went through so many things being short and just people would always underestimate me and always tell me like you're not gonna make it you're not Max. good enough I well, Max, come yeah. on son we just talked about this whether you listen or watch stay home be safe and subscribe to the ain't hard to tell podcast on youtube or your favorite audio streaming platforms today And each Backpack Broadcasting patron receives exclusive perks. Your support helps Backpack Broadcasting create more of the original content that you love. Visit Backpack Broadcasting's Patreon page and become a patron today. All right, welcome back to the NBA Exchange. Want to thank again. Our guys, CP the franchise, for joining us. And all the fans from Knicks Fans TV, I saw y'all in the comments uh, watching us. Please, you want to rock with a show, NBA show that we do here. The NBA Exchange, three times a week, live at 11 o'clock. Got some good NBA content. Always have good guests. Do a little bit of sports betting at the picks from basketball around. So, always good. We'll have more guests. If you're Knicks fans checking in, there'll be more uh, people talking about the Knicks on the show. We'll have a lot more of that coming up. We're very plugged in. With the Knicks community, so we will have that. But as we wrap our show, it is that time on Friday. We'll do a little NBA picks. I always like to look at a couple of games that I think are good for you. If you want to throw some dollars on it, this is the way you want to go. We're not here to make you lose money. We don't want you to waste your money. Not what we're trying to do. So, picked a couple of games. One game we just talked about with CP: New York Knicks at the Charlotte Hornets. Hornets favored minus one and a half on BetMGM. Now. If you're looking at this, the Hornets, they got off to a really fast start as well. They have sort of cooled off in recent games. The Knicks, we talked about their recent struggles, excuse me, especially getting off to slow starts, which hasn't been good. But one of the things I really like about the Knicks, and it's funny, I picked them last Friday to beat the Bucs. And of course, Knicks fans who are watching, you remember, they got off to a slow start against the Bucs. They came back from 21 points down on the road in Milwaukee, won that game. So I looked good, but I wasn't feeling good about that pick when the game first started. The thing I like with the Knicks is I think Thibs gets into those guys. And I think when there's a clunker, they're going to bounce back. I have a lot of confidence in this team bouncing back. I think that happens for the Knicks again on the road where they've played well in Charlotte. I like them to bounce back. Look, if you're feeling confident... Take the Knicks in the money line. It's not that great, minus 110, not getting fantastic odds. You can do that, but if you're going to bet them, I'll take the Knicks in the points here uh, to beat the Hornets. I think they win. I don't think it'll be an easy game. I don't think the Knicks blow this team out, but I think they'll come out inspired, and if they get off to a good start, you'll feel well. If they don't get off to a good start, then I think a lot of Knicks fans that we've seen in this chat, you guys are going to be like, oh, God, here we go again, and I understand why. But give me the Knicks plus the points against the Hornets down into Queen City. That's game number one. Game number two, Portland Trail Blazers. They haven't been good on defense. They've stunk. Lost two games in a row. Minus six and a half. They are favorites on the road. Why? Because they're playing the Houston Rockets, one of the worst teams in the NBA, who's currently on a nine-game losing streak. Look, Houston hasn't been consistent offensively, poor defensively. They're a very young team. We know the Blazers can put up points. We know they aren't good offensively. Dane has been struggling shooting the ball. It's been a little bit better recently. Not so great from deep. But I think this is the perfect medicine for the Blazers to sort of get back on track. They're playing the Rockets on the road. This is a beatable team. A very winnable game. I think six and a half points. Can I see the Blazers winning by seven or more? Absolutely. The Blazers don't win by seven or more. Or dare I say, they even lose this game. Woo, there might be some problems for Chauncey Billups and the boys out in Portland. But I like the Blazers bouncing back here against the Rockets. Perfect opponent for them. Give me the Blazers, minus six and a half to defeat the Rockets. I can see this being a blowout victory for them in H-Town. All right, last game of the night, and this is the one I was not so confident about. Atlanta Hawks versus Denver Nuggets. The Hawks haven't been playing good at all. They are off to a four and eight starting season. Many people had them at the top of the Eastern Conference. But like CP said about the Knicks or any team you're watching right now, we're talking about 12 games. Small sample size theater. Don't want to overreact. The tough thing for the Hawks is they're on a very tough West Coast trip, right? Already losses on this trip to Golden State and Utah. Now they've got to play Denver. Not easy at all whatsoever. But I have this feeling that they're sticking. They played a little bit better in their last game. I think they figured things out. We saw Curry give them a 50-piece earlier this week. I just think the Hawks, I don't know if they win here, but I like to take them to not have Denver cover. So give me the Hawks. Plus the four and a half here. Denver, I still think you're getting Nikola Jokic back in off the one-game suspension. Michael Porter Jr. is out. I still wonder about them being able to score. They're not nearly a good defensive team. I think this is a great opportunity for the Hawks to steal one on the road. They need to get one on this West Coast trip before they get back home to Atlanta. I think this is where they can get it done against a Denver team that I think is right for the taking. I expect this to be a close game, which is why even if the Hawks lose, I can see them losing. By less than four points in this contest. Give me the Hawks plus the points. So here's my picks. Knicks plus the points on the road down into Queen City. Give me the Trailblazers. Favorite to win. Minus six and a half. Take them. I'd bet them outright against the Houston Rockets. Give me the Hawks plus the points in the Mile High City at Denver to win. Let me know what you guys think about those picks. Who do you think works. Who do you think doesn't work. And Let me know what you think. That's going to be it for this edition. Of the nba exchange we really had a great week had some great guests thank you to my guest again cp the franchise who joined us from nick's fan tv well we're so grateful that he came on and grateful to have him that was just a really tremendous guest and please continue to support us here at backpack broadcasting with the nba exchange If you're looking to help and support check there's a donation link in the show notes where you can donate to patreon which really helps us support and create content like this Once again, we thank all our patrons who are currently helping us. We really appreciate you. We're looking for more. If you really like this content from Backpack Broadcasting and you're watching on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. If you're watching on Facebook, hit that like button. If you're watching on Twitter or wherever else you're watching, give us a follow. Absolutely, definitely appreciate it. In the coming weeks, we're going to have more content, exclusive content, particularly around sports betting and some other conversations that we are going to put on Patreon that only our Patreon Patrons and subscribers will be able to access, so that will be private content that they will only be able to access. So there'll be some extra sports betting stuff, some of my future picks that I talk about. I've talked a lot about future betting, whether you're betting MVP, six man of the year, defensive player of the year, all that stuff will now be going to Patreon, and we will have that on there for you guys to check out. So please continue to support. We thank all of you who helped watch the show uh, and checked in in the chat. I appreciate all the comments, everybody watching and sharing. Much love to you all. Peace and blessings. And if you got late to the show, you caught the end, and you're saying, how can I see this interview? We'll have the clip with CP up later independently for you to watch. And also, if you missed this whole episode, you can go check it on all streaming platforms, the podcast version of the NBA Exchange. So, a well, happy Friday. Well, I'm going to go back to jamming an album that I'm really liking right now, that new Silk Sonic album. If you're watching this, I know you see the Silk Sonic-inspired Nick shirt here. Album's really good, feeling it, going to be jamming that all weekend. Y'all have a great weekend. We'll be back with more on the NBA Exchange on Monday. We're going to have my man Jamal Murphy, the black autologist. He'll be giving us his rookie report. We'll talk about the best rookies we've seen across the league. And we'll be talking a little Atlanta Hawks basketball coming up on Monday on the NBA Exchange. Everybody have a great, safe, and blessed weekend. And we'll be back with you on the NBA Exchange next week. Peace, y'all.